Welcome to SF Sight Audio Reviews. For this podcast, we're listening to The Turn of the Screw by Henry James, read by Anne Flosnick. With the publishing world cranking out new horrors, mysteries, and fantasies at an amazingly and sometimes frightening rate, The Turn of the Screw is one of those 19th century pieces of American literature that's easy to avoid. Well, don't. This short novel remains one of the most atmospheric, perplexing, and downright creepy ghost stories ever written. The scene opens with a young unnamed governess arriving at Bly, a country home in County Essex, England. She is to take care of two orphaned children, Miles and Flora. She's utterly enchanted by her new surroundings, by her new job, and almost intoxicated by the children themselves. The little girl who accompanied Mrs. Gross appeared to me on the spot, a creature so charming as to make it a great fortune to have to do with her. She was the most beautiful child I had ever seen, and I afterward wondered that my employer had not told me more of her. I slept little that night. I was too much excited. And this astonished me, too, I recollect. Remained with me, adding to my sense of the liberality with which I was treated. The large, impressive room, one of the best in the house, the great state bed, as I almost felt it, the full-figured draperies, the long glasses in which for the first time I could see myself from head to foot, all struck me, like the extraordinary charm of my small charge, as so many things thrown in. It was thrown in as well from the first moment that I should get on with Mrs. Gross, in a relation over which, on my way in the coach, I fear I had rather brooded. Veteran narrator Anne Flosnick does a wonderful job of conveying the swirling, swooning emotions that the governess goes through. She's thoroughly enamored by her little charges at first, and then horrified and ready to defend them against the apparitions of two lovers that had once lived and died at the country home. Flosnick equally shines in her ability to take on and make sense of the lush and utterly tangled prose of the late 19th century. It takes some careful listening. Nobody quite talks like Henry James wrote nowadays. Here the governess has seen something that the kindly housekeeper, Mrs. Gross, has not. It took, of course, more than that particular passage to place us together in presence of what we had now to live with as we could. My dreadful liability to impressions of the order so vividly exemplified, and my companion's knowledge henceforth, a knowledge half consternation and half compassion, of that liability. There had been, this evening, after the revelation left me for an hour so prostrate, there had been, for either of us, no attendance on any service, but a little service of tears and vows, of prayers and promises, a climax to the series of mutual challenges and pledges that had straightway ensued on our retreating together to the schoolroom and shutting ourselves up there to have everything out. The result of our having everything out was simply to reduce our situation to the last rigour of its elements. She herself had seen nothing, not the shadow of a shadow, and nobody in the house but the governess was in the governess's plight. I often wonder how the original audience of high collars and high button shoes must have reacted to the turn of the screw which was published in 1898. They must have been freaked out, just horrified. I'm amazed at how sensual this novel is. Every time the governess sees her ghost, it's like a kiss in a summer garden. It's that humid and that close.
I went straight along the lobby, holding my candle high, till I came within sight of the tall window that presided over the great turn of the staircase. At this point I precipitately found myself aware of three things. They were practically simultaneous, yet they had flashes of succession. My candle, under a bold flourish, went out, and I perceived by the uncovered window that the yielding dusk of earliest morning rendered it unnecessary. Without it, the next instant I saw that there was someone on the stair. I speak of sequences, but I required no lapse of seconds to stiffen myself for a third encounter with Quint. The apparition had reached the landing halfway up and was therefore on the spot nearest the window, where, at sight of me, it stopped short and fixed me exactly as it had fixed me from the tower and from the garden. He knew me as well as I knew him, and so, in the cold, faint twilight, with a glimmer in the high glass and another on the polish of the oak stair below, we faced each other in our common intensity. The turn of the screw only gets weirder, and with Flosnick reading you can't stay away and you can't not listen. The final meaning of this trap for the unwary, as Henry James once called it, has been interpreted, reinterpreted, and re-argued by the critics for more than a century. But one thing is for sure, it's a true classic. If you know it, listen again. If you don't, pick it up soon. We've been listening to The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. This five-hour unabridged novel is read by Anne Flosnick and published by Tantor Audio. Reviewing for SF Site, I'm Brian Price.